Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. This is Minister Macmillan. Hope everyone is having a blessed day. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you all praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your name. Lord, we praise you, Almighty God. Lord, we praise you, Most Holy One. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you, Almighty God. Lord, we praise you, Most Holy One. Lord, we praise you, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Almighty God. Lord, we praise you, Most Holy One. Hallelujah, Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. We ask, Almighty God, that you be in us as we are in you in this word today. And help us to understand this word. Father, feed us all that we need for this day and each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your love and your mercy. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen, everyone. All right. We are reading in the books of Acts. Uh, this book is a continuation of the book of Luke, actually. Um, as in the beginning, you'll see uh, establishment of the church, Jesus taken up into heaven. In my former book, Theophius, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit and to the apostles he had chosen. Now, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, 
but wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, I am not <clears throat> for you to know. It is not for you to know the time or the day the father has set, set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay? Now, I just want to add a few little details here. Um, I was, uh, I mentioned this before. A lot of times we read things in the Bible. We read people, uh, read about people. And those people's uh, towns and names have significant meaning. And it doesn't change. Um, everything in the word of God was already predestined like it is today. Everything that's happening today is already predestined. Okay? Uh, God gives you the open opportunity to change whatever's going on, but then if it's not for his good, then, you know, it can cause some problems. Now, I looked up his apostles' names, and I found it to be very interesting. And I'm sure you will too, because there's a message in it, in their names. <clears throat> okay. Matthew means the gift of God. Mark means visible impression or stain on, on something or a or record of something, okay? Luke means light giving. And of course, John means God is gracious. Now, I want everybody to think about this because Matthew was the gift of God. Uh, we talked about Matthew in the beginning, uh, where his, um, we talked a little about him, where he came from, and etc. Okay, um, then we have uh, Mark, a visible or impression or stain or a record of something. Now, is not all this true? Christ was a stain on humanity. There's no way of, no way of getting around this. Okay, 
He was a wreckage. You can't get around the fact that he existed, that he is true. It's being proven every day. Luke means light giver. Was not he a light giver? Was not God, Jesus Christ, a light giver to all those who would listen and hear even to today? And what about John? God is gracious. Oh, yes. See, God is gracious because he has put up with us for centuries, thousands of years he has put up with us. So yes, God is gracious. So I just wanted to point those things out to you before we move on any further. Okay, let's move on to one and seven. He said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the date the father has sent by his own authority. Okay, he was talking to them then and us today. People want to know, oh, when's God coming back? Even Jesus Christ doesn't know the date. Only God knows the date. And when he's ready, he will tell his son. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem. And those of us who have received the Holy Spirit, we are his witnesses. Okay? In Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's what we are today. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking attentively up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. That's a whole week. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Mathis. James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zelah, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Uh, a group of numbering about uh, 120. And said, brothers, the scripture has to be fulfilled, 
which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas. who served as God for those who uh, rested Jesus. And he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. And everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called the field in their language, Akildama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out amongst us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must, must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justus and Mathis. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots and the lots fell to Mathis as he was added to the 11 apostles. Now, when the day of Pentecost came, there was all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heavens and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Okay, so now you, for those of you who have not received the Holy Spirit, um, you get an idea of what, what it is like, okay? Um, for those of you who have already received it, just think back to when you received the day you received the Holy Spirit. Um, they saw what seemed to be tongues. <laughs> tongues of fire that separated and came to rest each on each of them tongues of fire um i would say that is an accurate description literally you are burning up <laughs> <clears throat> I know when it happened to me, I was I was on fire. 
Oh, somebody put me out. <laughs> Blow some cold air on me, some cold water. <laughs> All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Okay, listen to this. There, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Okay, wondering, you know, they wondered what's going on. Because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galatian? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthens, Medes, Elamites, Residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Paraga, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Crete, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Okay, so you see, the Holy Spirit was giving glory to God. It was giving glory to God for the thing that was going on at that time. God was receiving glory because all these people knew these men were Galatians, but they were speaking in their native tongue. Now, I've had this happen to me. And I was really myself. I was stunned. I, I was speaking uh, twice to happen. I was speaking to... I was in the church and I was speaking out and someone in the church was uh, Native American. Well, my family is Native American, but I don't speak that language. I, you know, I've, we just, I never knew that language. Neither on either side. We're two different, uh, two different tribes. Um, one on my dad's side, one on my mom's side. And this person happens to be a Native American, but she's not the same tribe as I, you know, our family is. A totally different tribe. And what I spoke, apparently she understood. Then again, years later, I'd say a good 20 years later, uh, same thing happened. Um... I was with a very close friend of mine and she was going through some problems and we were praying in the spirit. And after the prayer, 
I was praying in tongue. And whatever I said was for her. And she just kept thinking me afterwards, thinking me. Now, I don't know either one of the women. Uh, I don't know exactly what it was that was said. I didn't even ask. Um, but they did thank me. And uh, only there was one thing, though. The uh, My friend, my closest friend said, um, thank you for the message. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pleased that he used you to give me the message or something to that effect. And I was just surprised. I was, I was surprised because uh, at that time, I was thinking that, you know, tongue was only between me and God, which a lot of people think, you know, tongue is conversation between you and the Lord uh, or uh, you're giving praise and glory to Lord. But that's not the case. Sometimes God uses tongue for you to translate messages to people. And so that's what happened in my case. And here, too, God is relaying a message from these men that he has endowed with the Holy Spirit to all the people who are outside who can hear them in their language. Okay? All right. Let's go on to 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I said. Now, these men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your older men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. And before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God, set, uh, set proposed for foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David says about him. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope 
because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one see decay. You have made known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalt to the right, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from Father the promise, Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. But David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, who shall we, brother, what shall we do? <laughs> what shall they do? Wow. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he, plead, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupted generation. Those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracle signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to one another as they had needed. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. So you see, things started to change around. More people was coming into the belief 
more people were accepting Christ even after he had died. And that was his purpose, was to help people realize the true nature and why they're here. Okay, we're going to move on tomorrow to chapter three. Um, let's bow our heads and pray out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word today. We pray that this word was accepted and was something that someone needed to hear. Father, we thank you, Almighty God, for the word and for all that you do. Thank you, Father, again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everyone. This is Minister McMillan saying, have a blessed evening and good night.